We live in a time where it truly does appear that apostasy is unfolding in the church. And some observers would say that we have been in that situation since the 1950s or 1960s. And while it is certainly true that with the innovations that came after in the wake of the Second Vatican Council and its implementation, whether you think it was the council itself or its implementation, it cannot be denied that in the years afterwards, chaos reigned in the church. We saw moral norms tossed aside, doctrinal practices tossed aside. We saw devotions tossed aside, a de-emphasis on the rosary, a de-emphasis on confession, a de-emphasis on sin, the disappearance of the four last things in everyday basic preaching, and a reorientation of the church towards the secular, towards the materialistic, towards matters of justice in the social sphere, towards politics, we saw a reorientation of the church in all things towards man and away from God. Much of this was even admitted by council fathers who described the church as now focusing on man, that it was the council of man. And it is to this that we now turn at the very end of this year to Malachi Martin again, who thanks to the help of a listener and patron of this channel, has we are able to examine some of the things that he said about Vatican II. It turns out that one could write almost an entire book on just what Malachi Martin said about the Second Vatican Council. And I will go, of course, over some of the other things he said that I can't fit in this short video here in a future installment, but it is sufficient to say that for now, we can talk about what he said about Vatican II as the kickoff point of the apostasy we're seeing in the church. A, something that began as a slow rolling apostasy. But one has to wonder, what would Malachi Martin say about the blessing document that Francis and Fernandez issued just before Christmas? What would he say? I suspect he would have very little, if nothing good to say about it whatsoever. Malachi Martin begins by describing how there was, quote, a miracle the miracle of Fatima at noontime. It is the paramount miracle of the 20th century, perhaps of five centuries. She did convey three secrets to the children and told them not to publish them yet, and one of these secrets has become the famous third secret. He told this to Bernard Jansen in an interview. We know now the general lines of that secret. In fact, we know details. But the one outstanding thing was Our Lady said that the Pope of 1960 had to open the envelope and read this secret and then do what she said. And the secret apparently, on the authority of the Pope, on the authority of Cardinal Ratzinger, on the authority of many people, said the following. It was an either or. It was an ultimatum. The world has gone so far by this time, the secret said, that unless the country we associate with consecrating in the Fatima message is converted by being consecrated to her immaculate heart, then faith will disappear from nations and continents. Cardinals and bishops and priests will fall like leaves into eternal perdition. But if the Pope, in union with the bishops of the Church, in 1960 consecrated that country, just that country, to my Immaculate Heart, then that country will be converted and faith will be restored. Reading it and finding out that he, that John XXIII, was supposed to publicly, in union with all the bishops, consecrate that country and declare it to be a source of evil that would be converted, he decided that the head of that country would take this as an act of war. Well, so John said, I can't do that because that country's head would stop talking to me. John had one dream. 
He wanted observers from the their Orthodox Church to be present at his council. So at that meeting of the cardinals, he took a sheet of paper and wrote on it, Cesto, meaning the letter, non è pede il nostro tempi. It's not for our times. He put it back in the box and closed it. He refused the mandate of Our Lady for his own good geopolitical reasons. We are where we are because a pope refused to do the consecration because it conflicted with his geopolitical, his materialistic and secular goals, as laudable as they may have been. Ultimately, his goal was much like what it looks like Francis's goal is. Unity, unity, unity. Except in that time, the divisions weren't in the church itself. Yes, there were some, of course, there was the modernist problem, but Catholics were much more united in those days than now. John XXIII's focus was on the unity between the East and West, the, the healing of the old schism. The schism started in the 11th century, healed in the 15th century, and then relaunched shortly thereafter on the orders of secular authority. But John, but Malachi Martin had a lot more to say on this subject, on this apostasy in the church. Again, from an interview with Bernard Jansen. The point I'm making to you, Bernard, is that Our Lady's either-or is in action. She said, unless this is done, unless it is made public to all nations and all governments, all people, then faith will disappear from nations and continents. There will be huge catastrophes. Many people will be ended. But in the end, my Immaculate Heart will save people. So if you want an overview of what's happened, take it like this, or take an image. I think it was in 1966. Suddenly, all electric power disappeared from the northeast corner of the United States. The reservoir, filled with energy, as we say in the United States, suddenly was empty. Nobody has yet explained how it all disappeared like that. Similarly, if you look at the church between 1965 and 1975, suddenly Catholicity disappeared. Suddenly priests left. Nuns left. Suddenly bizarre ceremonies took place. Suddenly every practice like devotion to the Sacred Heart, to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, confraternities, St. Vincent de Paul work, pilgrimages, benediction of the Blessed Sacrament, the habit of visiting the Blessed Sacrament, children's first Holy Communion, marriage, the Moloch ritual, artificial barriers for, for, for defying God's great command to be fruitful and multiply, the James Martin sin, everything was turned upside down. Suddenly the reservoir of Catholicism was sucked out and disappeared. And the only theological way you can look at that is that God withdrew grace. God withdrew grace, sanctifying grace, without which you can't be Catholic. That's the overall view of what happened. And that's why Pope John Paul II in Fulda in 1980, when confronted with very fervent German Catholics, said, Holy Father, why don't you renew the church? He answered, I can't. Renewal is impossible until Our Lady comes. He was quoting the echo of that letter. To which Bernard Jansen offers, offers the obvious reply, could it be that the common thread of what has happened since the Second Vatican Council is that the church has been secularized and that humanism has replaced Catholicity? To which Father Martin says, it, is, it has, but the key to that is just one person, one intelligence, Satan, Lucifer. He has successfully sold a bill of goods to the majority of Catholic bishops, namely that their job now is to align the Catholic people with the movement of people towards human perfection in a very interdependent society of nations. That is what they have been sold, and they will not do anything that violates that. Does that sound familiar? It should. That is what we witness now, all the time, in Rome. The Vatican has been host to many of the conferences for these secular authorities who are building that relationship Malachi Martin described right there. 
the institution calling itself the Catholic Church has been complicit in this, using the property of the church, its image, using its status in the world that such that it still has to endorse what they're doing. Because at the end of the day, there are, at least on paper, 1.4 billion Catholics in the world who need to be convinced to go along with what the things that these people are doing. And they have had, to some degree or another, the complicity of every single one of the Roman pontiffs going back to 1958. Even John XXIII himself, whom Malachi Martin was clearly had, had complex feelings about, called him Pope, you know, good Pope John. If you read Maturet Magistra, the landmark encyclical of John XXIII from his very short papacy, it will, it tell, it's a teaching document that takes Catholic social teaching and puts it at the feet of the secular authorities. It makes it a tool for them. It goes back that far just with the leaderships of the, of the Roman pontiffs. But further back than that, with the influence of the infiltration of the church, the modernists who found their way into the hierarchy who had no business being there. Malachi Martin continues, It, their big goal of interdependency, can't succeed because it's materialistic and it's just as bad as Marxism in its own way. And Our Lady has said this is going down the hill. This is going to produce catastrophes in which whole nations will disappear. Whole sections of continents will disappear until she comes and by the grace of God, by her intercession, by the indulgence of her son, saves what is left. It can't succeed. That is the difficulty. And it's a very frightening thought for us. She can stop all of this suddenly by her will, invested by the power of God. But she must do it. And when will she do it? We don't know. She has said she will do it. But until then, this stream of filth and corruption and decadence in the church, the institutional organization, is going to go on unabated, and you and I can't stop it except your prayer for individuals, for clergy and laity, prayer for this cause and that cause. We can't stop the onrush in this drama because it is drama. It is Satan in the final throes of his struggle against Jesus. He's had his liberty, and he's done his damage, and he's gained millions of souls. They are falling like leaves into hell, Our Lady told Lucia. Leaves, cardinals, bishops, priests, lay people, men and women and even children— but she will end it all, she said, because he has granted that power to my immaculate heart. To which Bernard Jansen replies, there seems to be an almost obvious attempt to suppress old traditional instincts. Father Martin says they don't want anything to do with that because that's the Catholic Church. That is out. Hence, I always speak about Catholics and neo-Catholics. There is a neo-Catholic movement in the Church. It is trying to change everything into a new format in order to be modern. And that is, I think, the biggest legacy of Vatican II that it did create a new church within the church. It is an anti-church. And that is Father Malachi Martin endorsing what Fulton Sheen said about the ape of the church, what Blessed Anne Catherine said of the ape of the church. I may be the one using the terminology ape of the church, but I did not invent it. I, I took that from Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich and uh, Blessed Archbishop Fulton Sheen. And there is Malachi Martin endorsing that language as well. I'm curious, though, what do you think about this? Do you see this, what had been a slow-rolling apostasy, but that has suddenly picked up steam in the last few weeks? Do you see this as a sign of what Malachi Martin is talking about with the consecration? Notice he said that country and only that country is to be consecrated. No other place, nothing else. Remember, he said that he was in the room when the document was read because he served as a personal translator, as a linguist, Father Martin spoke many languages, 
that he was a linguist for for a council father who was in the room when John the Twenty Third read the Third Secret of Fatima. So I'm curious what you think about all this. Let me know in the comments, please. And hit like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So to sharing this on social media, that helps too. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.